T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Steve Rosenblum. We suck, so your self-quarantine doesn't have to. Mark Grody. I think there will be lasting derivatives of this once we get through it, and hopefully we will, um, with minimal damage, that um, people will be more aware, honestly, of washing their hands. and um, good thing. And apparently wiping. Apparently wiping. They suck, so you don't have to. They can do what they have to do. They know what they have to do. Now they don't have any problem getting it done founding members of the wb club wake and bake come on where's toby so i'm practicing you know social distancing and i have a few tips for everybody you know you know no sharing pipes or joints things like that the three words that describe this show and i quote stink stank Stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Somehow it does not feel right to hear that part of the intro when Steve Rosenblum is off because when I hear that part, I identify that with Steve Rosenblum. It is solo suckage today, solo Grody show. Steve Rosenblum is off today. Welcome in on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I'm Mark Grody. I'm glad that you are here and with us for the next hour on a Bears opener eve. Yes, Bears and Rams tomorrow. We'll talk a lot about it here momentarily. 312-644-6767 is the number if you'd like to call or text. Bears. I am on Twitter all the time, at Mark Grody Sports. I am on Instagram and Facebook as well. We can hang out there. I actually have a Bears preview podcast up, a a podcast of Bears of sorts. It is called the App Mark Grody Sports Super Duper Podcast, which is just ridiculous. And you can find free links on my Facebook, on Instagram, or even on Twitter if you scroll just a little bit. It's a very confused half an hour, really, if you listen to it, because it's like you get serious me, and then you get ridiculous doing impersonations me for about 10 minutes as well. So it is... Um, it is me 
um, in a package of 30. I'm a confused person. Sometimes I'm very serious. Sometimes I am ridiculous and goofy and silly, as you probably know if you listen to me on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. On the show today, Alex Shapiro will make his radio debut. He is of NBC Sports Chicago. He, he writes about the Bears. He is at Hallis Hall every day. He sits in my general cubicle section. So I, I always love talking to Alex, and I'm looking forward to hearing what he has to say about the Chicago Bears and salute the Los to general Angeles cubicle Rams. section, by the way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That is an incredibly important general in our world, and it, it is nice that we are using the words cubicles again just because it had been so long since we had uh, been allowed to gather and use said cubicles at Hallis Hall. So Mr. Shapiro will join us about 1125 today. Things I never thought I would hear in a Cubs game in 2021. There's a lot of those things, but there's one thing in specific. And and I know what the headline was yesterday, and I'll talk about Chris Bryant and all that went down with that because I thought that was great, a wonderful presentation by the Cubs. But just every single day you hear something in a Cubs broadcast, like a name or something that they're saying about the Cubs game that you never thought you would hear just because of the people that are not there and the people that are there. I will exemplify that for you by way of audio a little bit later on here in this hour-long show on 670 The Score. And we'll get to the White Sox as well because I love White Sox one-run wins against good teams. I think you know that if you listen to me enough, I hate when the White Sox play bad teams at this point. The Red Sox are a quality opponent, and the White Sox did win over the Red Sox 4-3 to with some good bullpen work in the end. And just... That's right, and just enough Jose Abreu in the game as well. That was fun to watch. It was it was intense. It was everything. It was a one-run win, and that is some something of the template for what a team needs when it get when you get into the postseason. It becomes more about pitching, a little bit less about three-run homers and things like that. So we'll get to all of that in the next hour. Cody Decker is on at noon. Cubs and Giants again today on the score. 1245 is when Zach Zabin will have his pregame show. Pat Hughes and Ron Coomer with the call at 120. Cubs and the Giants today. So the Bears are a touchdown-plus underdog against the Rams on Sunday night football in Los Angeles. That is understandable. It is logical. When I have been pressed to make a pick, I have said that I think the Rams will win it. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. I think it will be a 24-17 to 17 win. So, wait, that's seven points. So I'm, I'm, like, totally Vegas on that. So, I, yeah, I, I have... I'm picking the Rams to to win this game. I just think right now that's a, a sturdier team than the Bears. It is at home. Um, there's a lot of unknown with the Bears, so I think it is logical. But there are reasons or ways for the Bears to win the game. And the first person that I'm going to name in this is Matthew Stafford, believe it or not. We, we all know how good Matthew Stafford is. Quietly good. And I say that because he's been in Detroit and all of a sudden the numbers start to rack up and he's been around a long time now. And you're like, holy cow, that guy's, that dude's got some numbers. It, you, you didn't even notice just because of how bad Detroit has been through the years. For example, he has, Matthew Stafford, 
31 fourth quarter comebacks more than any quarterback except for Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger during Stafford's first 12 years. So that's just one little capsule example of how good Matthew Stafford You know how good Matthew Stafford is. However, there is a different pressure on him going into this year. He was brought in as the proverbial last piece. All we need in L.A. is a quarterback, and we got Sean McVay. We've got this number one defense. We've got Cooper Cup and Robert Woods that he can throw to. We have an okay running game. We've got a top ten off. All we need now is that last piece in Matthew Stafford. This ain't Detroit anymore, man. So I I do think, and I don't know how he processes, obviously not being around Matthew Stafford a lot in my career or his, but I, I do think that it's it might take some adjusting for Matthew Stafford in in playing in a, a different way for different stakes and for kind of a rejuvenation of yeah man take take us to the next level and sometimes. It doesn't click right away. We've seen that in all sports, but I'll keep it football. I mean, Tom Brady didn't click right away last year. It ended up great, and they got it. But, I mean, I'm talking about for our purposes, for Bears at Rams, I don't know if, like, Matthew Stafford is going to come out on fire or if he feels, again, a different kind of pressure and is there a getting used to it period with the the L.A. Rams. And it will be incumbent upon the Bears' defense, which I will get to, to make sure that it is not comfortable for him and that it is not easy and that it is a, a rude inaugural day with the L.A. Rams and Matthew Stafford. L.A. Rams' defense was number one last year. They were terrific. Um, I think they're still going to be good this year. However, they they did lose four starters on defense from last year. You know, somewhat typical of teams. I do think four starters on defense is a lot, though. Uh, they also lose Brandon Staley, who had been their defensive coordinator, who had been the Bears' outside linebackers coach at one time. So that also could take some adjusting. We saw the same thing with the Bears going from Vic Fangio to Chuck Pagano and now Sean Desai. And we did see drop-off, and we did see different personnel packages. We did see different players. And so it it is, it, we saw it with the Bears, that there can be drop-offs in, in defense. And that does bring me to the, to the Bears' defense. Because I've been asked a lot, like when I go on other radio stations or podcasts, people want to know, how good is the Bears' defense going to be this year? Can can they get back to being what they once were? And, and I'm talking about 2018. I don't even know how to answer that question anymore because they are still young enough to be there. The names are still real with the Bears. Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Roquan Smith, Eddie Jackson, Robert Quinn. These are all household names. Names, most of the, the guys I just named have been either all pro or pro bowl, all except, ironically, for Roquan Smith, who should have been and probably will be this year. He may be, who knows, he may be the best of the bunch. But you got a, you got a bunch of stars on that team, or at least big names who are still young and still in their prime. They're get, I mean, they're getting closer to aging out of their prime, but they haven't yet. So it's a hard, like I'd like to say, yeah, they're but they haven't been in 2019 and 
and 2020. So it's hard for me to just be like, yeah, yeah, don't worry about the defense. They're, they're going to be totally fine because I probably said something similar to that in 2019 and even last year. I can't say that anymore. I can't just assume that the Bears defense is going to be dominant, especially with the latest injury to Eddie Goldman, which changes a lot for the Bears up front, assuming that he doesn't play and I don't think he will play. Down is doubtful if you hadn't heard. So to that end, to answering the question uh, um, is the bear can they get back to being what they once were in 2018? We've been asking this question every single year, and it hasn't happened. And it was interesting yesterday, being out at Hallis Hall, we got a chance to talk to Khalil Mack, and the, the question was asked of him, Khalil, are you tired of hearing about 2018? And this answer kind of surprised me. Am I tired of hearing about it? Absolutely, man. Um, I understand um, it's a new year, new team, uh, new possibilities and new goals. You know what I'm saying? And um, you continue to set goals for yourself, so you're supposed to get better. You know what I mean? And uh, ultimately, that's what this year is all about. Um, looking forward to getting better with this new group that we have. What about that year? Can you apply here just in terms of, of I mean, the feel or culture or anything like that that carries over? I think it starts off the field. Uh, just getting more personable with guys, uh, understanding what's going on with COVID and all these different protocols, but uh, us getting that closeness back as a group uh, off the field, gonna be, uh, it's going to be beneficial to us. So I, I was surprised by the answer at the beginning because I thought that he his answer would be you know, to the question of are you sick of 2018, I thought it would be, you know, maybe he's tired of hearing about it, but I thought his answer would be more like, "That's where, that's what we want to get to. That's the template. That's the blueprint. We want to, we want to, you know, knock the quarterback on his butt. We want pick sixes. We want a swarming ball hawking defense like we did in in 2018." And he didn't go there. He, he is tired of hearing us, and I'm just as guilty as anybody, of holding on to 2018. But why not? Why, why wouldn't you? We're not that far removed from it. And I just mentioned a bunch of the players that were there then. So I, I guess he's, he's tired of it, but that, that is still the that's where the bar is set for this group of bears. And maybe I have to, to lower the bar just a little bit. I I don't know, um, but it, it is becoming more and more difficult to to answer that question. One other thing on on Khalil Mack, and some form of this question is always asked to Mack, and I always love the way he answers it. Here is the question and the answer, all in one that I put together for you. When you're an all-pro, does it bother you to not be in the conversation for defensive player of the year and to be at that Aaron Donald? level is that is that uh, do you aspire to get back there how you know how, how much is a, are you motivated to get back there just, or, or can you or it's just being all pro is that is that kind of sometimes well it's it's pretty good yeah that's something i want to talk about i'll show you i'll show you better i can tell you i mean it's not a matter of talking about being all pro in the past or being a defensive player year in the past it's about showing you that i am you know what i mean and playing at that standard that i set for myself yeah, I mean, and he always has something like that. Like, I, I, I'm not going to get up here and tell you guys how great I am. You guys are just going to have to watch and see what happens in that game. And I do hope that we see him breaking through, and we all know what's at stake for Robert Quinn. I didn't want to talk about Robert Quinn because it's just, I mean, 
he, he's got to show it. He, he has said all the right things. He has had a decent camp, a little bit banged up at times. But now I, I am not going to you know list off his accomplishments and what he is projected to do because he's got to do it. He's got to do it, and and he knows it, man. And he, he knows that if he is not effective getting to the quarterback, he's not going to lose his hold on this in the rotation, but he may not be in for as many snaps if he doesn't get in there and starts knocking down some quarterbacks or putting on some some real pressure. The, the Eddie Goldman thing is obviously not good, and there is no way to spin that. You know, there, Kyrus Tonga is a seventh-round rookie out of BYU who had a slow start to his Bears career in OTAs and minicamp and then started to come around towards the end of training camp. But the idea of depending on a seventh round rookie in game one, lights, camera, action, that's, I don't like that. And so I maybe Tonga surprise. And I think he's a good I think he's a good prospect. I just don't know that we can just look and say, oh, yeah, throw Kyrus Tonga in. He's going to be fine. Um, Bilal Nichols did some of the nose work last year. He was all over the defensive line. But, you know, that's not his strongest position. You also have Angelo Blackson, who did have a good camp. He was very present during the, the camp portion um, this year, not just in necessarily in the preseason games, but in actually in the in the camp, watching him, his number popped up a lot uh, from what I saw. So, and and I will say, and you know this as Bears fans, that one area every year, somehow, some way, the defensive line always has guys that step up. I mean, you go back to like when Akeem Hicks was hurt in London, and all of a sudden Nick Williams is, is sacking guys left and right. Who the hell's Brent Urban? Well, Brent Urban just made a play out there. Who's Roy Roberts and Harris? Well, we're going to convert him to a defensive player, and look at that. He's out of here, and he got paid, and he, he got a little bit better every year. So that that's been a position of strength for the Bears. So so maybe maybe somebody like Tonga surprises me, but I think that you're going to probably hear the 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 names of Bilal Nichols and Angelo Blackson and Akeem Hicks called a lot more than we're going to hear Kyrus Tonga at least to to start the season. All right, more Bears coming up. We're going to do some Cubs. We're going to do some Sox. But coming up next, we're going to keep the Bears talk hot. Going to bring in Alex Shapiro from NBC Sports Chicago to talk more about the matchup, the Bears and the Rams, tomorrow night. I'm Mark Grody, Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. He, he'll, he'll tell them when they're in, but he doesn't do it when the coaches aren't, you know, when the coaches are around, he, he tells them. And then it usually gets back to me from somebody that he's voicing his opinion on where he's at. It's not always during the season, too. Sometimes it's, you know, maybe it's in the off season where talking through watching tape or, you know, that sort of deal. But he's, uh, you know, like he's not a man of many words, but when he says something, uh, he's one of those guys that it, it, it totally multiplies and magnifies in what he's saying. But the Bears head coach, Matt Nagy, talking about Khalil Mack of the Bears. Mark Grody back with you on Chicago Sports Radio. 670, the score. Going to talk some Cubs and Sox in just a little bit, but right now we are talking about the Bears, the Bears at the Rams tomorrow night. We will have our pregame coverage on the score beginning probably right about 5 o'clock tomorrow. It'll be after the Cubs game. It's a 120 Cubs game on the score tomorrow. Cubs and the Chris Bryant Giants. And then it will be Mike Mulligan, Mully, Olin Krutz, Krutzy, and Patrick Manley. Mans. Um, they will all be doing the pregame right up until the kickoff of the game at 7:20, and then after the game, post-game show, Mully and Manley, and they will go for 90 minutes, hopefully breaking down a Bears victory tomorrow. So let's talk more about the Bears and ways for the Bears to win this game. He works and writes for the Bears for NBC Sports Chicago. He sits near me out at Hallis Hall. He is Alex Shapiro, and he joins us now on The Score. What's going on, Alex? How are you, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Mark. How are you doing? I am doing well. What? Let's start with that. Let's start with hope for this game. And I, the, the Rams are a seven-plus favorite in this game. That's, I looked at that, and I said, yeah, that's that seems – I get it. I totally understand that. But when you look at this matchup, Alex, Bears and the Rams, what are ways that the Bears could win or exploit the Rams in any way, shape, or form? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be tough. You know, they're opening SoFi Stadium to the fans. They've got Matthew Stafford coming in. So, like you, I understand why the Rams are favored so heavily. But there are things the Bears can do to to keep it close, like you said. Um, I think one of those ways is finding a way to extend the run game or get some sort of run game going to then open up the pass game, right? I mean, it's so tough running into that uh, run defense that the Rams have. We all know what Aaron Donald brings to the table. So whether it's screen passes or misdirection or something to get to the edge, um, if you can keep the Rams defense honest that way, keep yourself out of third and seven, third and long um, to then open up the playbook a little, I think that'll help. I think that'll help them get in a rhythm and then that can open up the middle of the field and then hitting deep balls. I think they got to hit on a, a couple deep plays, right? If, if they can hit on one mm-hmm. or two deep plays, that should then also help open up the middle of the field and um, maybe keep the game close. And then, of course, the defense, right? The defense, you, you want to see them make a big splash play, 
turnovers, takeaways, um, a, a defensive score would be great. Things like that can help keep the game close to give the Bears a chance to win at the end of the game. You know what would be nice is, and Matt Nagy has had some success through the years in those first drives, this scripted drive, and you talked about taking a, a crack at a deep ball. Wouldn't it be something if on the first drive or early in the game they tried something with Marquise Goodwin to, to where they try to like just plan a, play, a scripted play for him on a deep ball where maybe Allen Robinson is in and plays disguise or plays blocker and you get that guy wide open because I think that's the way to use him like he's not a great route runner but we know the speed and what he can do and they and like Cordero Patterson they're going to have to figure out ways to use him aren't they um absolutely yeah it- and, and I think you're right. You know, they, they are really good with those first 15 scripted plays. And I do expect that you will see some sort of shot um, early on. You know, we don't really know what Raheem Morris is going to bring to the table. But it, it right. is tough to hit the deep plays on the Rams because they play a lot of that cover defense, you know, that is, you know, it's meant to prevent uh, big explosive plays. So you're going to have to scheme something open. You know, I mean, look at the Jesse James play from the preseason game where they had him kind of leak out and then all of a sudden he's wide open. Now, they, they'll be looking for something like that. So that exact play probably won't work. But if you can do something to scheme a big play early on, I mean, yeah, that can absolutely change the complexion of the game. You know, it gives your offense some juice. It says, you know what? Yeah, we can compete. We can make this happen. Um, and and that would I mean that would be that would be unreal uh, a huge splash play like that early on in the game. You mentioned Jesse James. He has been a favorite target of Justin Fields throughout the preseason. We know that Jesper Horstead made the catch of the preseason on the throw <laughs> of the preseason from Justin Fields. Alex, what have you thought about the, because I haven't talked to you about this, what have you thought about the the quarterback, well, I was going to say competition, but we know it wasn't a competition. What do you think about the way Matt Nagy, the plan that he has put in place, the fact that Andy Dalton is starting and that Justin Fields is the backup? Yeah, you definitely can't call it a competition. It's it's a non-competition. Right. Um, You know, when they first installed the plan, I didn't really have a problem with it. Right. I mean, I think it's prudent to Andy Dalton is probably maybe arguably the best quarterback the Bears have had already, even though he's never taken a snap. Um, We got to see what he can do. So, again, this is this is right when they draft Justin Fields. And now you, you spent a an early pick. You trade up to get him. So he probably should play at some point this season. Um, but I don't mind him waiting because there are things that he can learn about preparing for a game week, right? Matt Nagy has said that he's, he's learned so much and grown so much through training camp, but now that we're in game preparation mode, this is again, something that he hasn't done. Now, what has changed a little bit is that practically everything the bears have laid in front of Justin Fields. He seems to have knocked it out of the park, right? They said, We want you to work on your getting in and out of the huddle, getting the play calls down, all of that. Um, And now we want to see you stack good practices together. We want to see you perform well in the preseason. And he's done all of that. So for me, Alex Shapiro, you know, that kind of speeds up the timeline a little bit. But I still, I don't have a problem with Andy Dalton starting, starting this game so that Justin Fields can see and learn 
oh, this is what it's like to prepare for an NFL game week one and all of that. But since he has, he has, by all accounts, really excelled in everything, you know, maybe you see him take the field sooner rather than later or start sooner rather than later. You know, at first I thought we're looking at something towards the end of the regular season. I wouldn't be surprised now if he starts before the bye. And I think that's okay. I think it's organic. I think it's natural. Um, And I don't think, you know, waiting five games is going to impact his growth at all, right? If he starts week three or week seven, those games in between, I don't think in the long run over 10 years, you know, is going to really affect his growth. I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm just like everybody else. I want I want to see him. But if they are able to to hold off a few games and it benefits him as the Bears think it will, then I guess good for him and good for the organization. But I have to say, you, you had me you, you had my head spinning a little bit with the, the idea. Of, and I think you might be right that Andy Dalton, before taking a snap, did you say he's the best quarterback in Bears history? <laughs> I mean, he might be. I don't know. I mean, like, I'm trying to think he might be the most decorated, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, he's done things that no quarterback, no Bears quarterback has ever done. He's thrown for 4,000 yards. He's thrown uh-huh. for 30 touchdowns. No Bears quarterback has ever done that. You know, yeah. I mean, Jay Cutler had all the arm talent in the world, but for a variety of reasons, it never really worked out with Jay Cutler. Where if Andy Dalton played a full season, I wouldn't be surprised if he put together the best the best season a Bears quarterback has ever had. And I mean, that's a low bar. That's not saying much, right? The Bears aren't known for incredible quarterback play. Um, so I think Andy Dalton also deserves to show, yeah, I can do this. You, you know what I mean? I don't think he really had that opportunity in the preseason. It's so hard to judge an offense in the preseason, right? Because they're working on one-on-one personnel matchups. He's not playing with Allen Robinson. Um, the offensive line is, you know, they had the inconsistencies on the line. They're trying to figure all, all that out. So I don't think it was really fair to fully evaluate Andy Dalton in those early games because so much goes into those, those preseason games um, where week one, this will be really the first test of, okay, yeah, this is what Andy Dalton is leading the Bears offense. Interesting. Talking to Alex Shapiro of NBC Sports Chicago. I'm Mark Grody on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score here with you until noon, at which time it will be Cody Decker down the line. He will take you up until Cubs pregame at 1245. Cubs and Giants, they blast off at 120 here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score today. How much do you think that the, the Eddie Goldman injury hurts the Bears, and how do you think that they will compensate, assuming that – Eddie Goldman doesn't play. Yeah, I mean, there's no two ways around it. It does hurt. I mean, a lot of the talk of the Bears returning to being an elite defense was kind of predicated on Eddie Goldman coming back and soaking up those blocks in the middle. I mean, he does so much for that defense, whether it is taking on double teams, stuffing the run. I mean, he can push the pocket on, on passing plays. And then he just makes everybody's job easier. You know, the guys behind him, Danny Trevathan or Alec Ogletree now and, and Roquan Smith, they can just hit their gaps because they know Goldman's got it covered. They, they will miss him. But um, I expect we'll see some Bilal Nichols back in the middle there. Um, you'll probably see some Tonga. The coaches have talked him up a bunch. So we'll see what the seventh-round draft pick can do. 
And Nichols, you know, he he performed admirably when he played the nose at times last season. We'll see what Tonga can bring to the table. So I don't think it will be devastating, per se. But, I mean, when you lose a guy of Eddie Goldman's caliber, it, it, it obviously doesn't help. Um, so that's something that they will, you know, everybody will just have to pick up the slack a little bit. I mean, Roquan Smith, that'll be, might as well be on Roquan Smith. It's, it's really on you to shut down that run game now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And it'll be, hopefully, Akeem Hicks is that full monster as he gets pumped up for these primetime games like like nobody else. And the Jason Peters, quite like everybody keeps asking me when I've I've made appearances here and there, like what what do you expect? How long is Jason Peters going to go? There's no way to answer that question. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, he he doesn't sound like a guy who like just from hearing his comments, he does, he sounds like a guy who knows what's up. That he he's still getting in shape. That he's 39 years old, and who knows? And I think that you tell me if I'm wrong on this one, Alex. I think the Bears are kind of looking at it as all right, let's just see how long he could take us and we'll be ready to replace him if if he can't go. And they have to have they have to have that assumption almost that that he's not going to make it the whole season, right? Yeah, I mean, I think you nailed it when you said who knows. Um because I think that's the truth of the yeah. matter is who knows. Um and yeah, I think whatever they can get out of Jason Peters will be a help. Whatever that is, you know, if he's playing three quarters of week one, or if he's playing the first quarter of the season, um, I I think the Bears are hoping he is just a bridge to Tevin Jenkins, right? They haven't given up hope that Tevin Jenkins can return at some point this season. And if Jason Peters can get the Bears to that point when Jenkins is ready to come in, I think that would be a huge success. That would be a huge win for the Bears. But, yeah, I mean, that that is – that's a big question mark um, going in, going into Sunday night football. Alex, great job, man. I appreciate you coming on, and I will uh, see you for the Matt Nagy post-presser on, uh, on Monday when we all reassemble after the opening night tomorrow. Thanks, man. No, thanks for having me, Mark. It was a good time. All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. That is Alex Shapiro of NBC Sports Chicago talking about the Bears, the Bears at the Rams tomorrow night. Man, it has been so too, too many days in between the last preseason game and the start of the Bears. It's like, I, I've said it, we in the media, we need to hit somebody else other than ourselves because we're all coming up with different ways to break this game down and the Justin Fields, Andy Dalton thing. Like, it, it's let's go. Let's get a game in, and that's what will happen tomorrow when we return the return of Chris Bryant and a continuing list of things I never thought I would hear during a Cubs game I'm Mark Grody this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score it's weird but at the same time it's like there's a lot of new people over there too so it's like I don't know it's just it's a little bit of both like I obviously played a lot of years with a lot of those guys and coming the right field fence here and I've never even stepped foot on that side of the concourse so I was almost lost I had no clue where I was going and all these cameras in my face so I was like trying to play it off like I knew what I was doing I no um, but no I just I don't know it's just it's like it's still so new too so it feels like I was just here yes exactly that is ex-cub current San Francisco Giants 
Chris Bryant and a well-executed reunion yesterday at Wrigley Field by all parties involved. The, the ceremony before the game where you had Tom Ricketts and Jason McLeod out there. It was good to see Jason McLeod, who who did, you know, essentially recruited him and watched him and scouted him when he was running the minor league system. So I thought it was all very well done by the Cubs. The warm it up, Chris, like that that's the part that got me. It wasn't the the it wasn't necessarily the, the video tribute was excellent and again, well done and Chris Bryant wiping the tears away under his shades. Like all great drama and great television and all captured very well. But to me, the the uh, the better ovation and the better moment is when he comes up to the actually comes up to the plate because all that other stuff is sort of canned entertainment and you know what's going to happen when he comes up to the plate. That I love that kind of stuff where Wilson Contreras steps in front of home plate, Kyle Hendricks walks off the back of the mound just to let Chris Bryant have the moment and they're playing warm it up, Chris, like loud and clear. They were pumping it really loud. And I was like, oh yeah, we're not rolling in the deep end anymore because that was his walk up tune with the Cubs this year. Let's get back. We'll we'll tell you what your walk up song is, <laughs> and it will be warm it up, Chris. But it's funny that he said. That it's also fresh and it's early because when I was doing pre and post with the Cubs, I always thought to myself, like sometimes I would like fantasize about years down the road. I thought, you know, it's going to be really cool someday is when all these Cubs that won the World Series, when they make their way back to Wrigley Field. And I meant that as in when they're retired or maybe at the tail end of their careers with another team. And then we get all this like one by one, they start coming back. And I'll be damned if it's not happening already here in 2021. It's like it's like a shotgun wedding. Let's get get the tributes ready. These guys aren't here anymore. Let's get all right. We're gonna start with Chris Bryant, Javier Baez. When's he coming? Anthony Rizzo. We'll see. So it's all happening a little bit premature, a little bit sooner than I had thought. I had always looked forward to, but I thought it would be after everybody was retired, <laughs> or again at the at the tail end of their careers playing with the Oakland A's or or something arbitrary like that so well done a little bit too soon for me and i also came to the conclusion too that i i I do think it's possible that one of those three guys are going to come back to the cubs next year it ain't going to be chris bryant like it's this this is the perfect sort of um closure this was i think for for both sides again there is life without Chris Bryant and Chris Bryant has realized there is life without the Cubs because he's with a great organization in San Francisco, like the Cubs. I mean, the Cubs have been a great organization over the last seven years. So he, he has realized there are other great organizations. So he's living his best life. And this was the final, this is the final hug, you know? So he, he's going to move on. I, I, he's not coming back to the Cubs. And I actually came to that realization yesterday so this year really since chris bryant and javier baez and anthony rizzo were traded it's interesting when you hear things that you never thought you would hear with this version of the cubs i guess starting with those three guys were traded but it happened again yesterday as i'm I'm listening to the cubs game on the radio listen to pat and ron and zach and i hear (laughs) i hear pat say well san francisco manager gabe kapler he, there's no way he's going to leave a lefty in to face Frank Schwindel. you got to bring in the righty to face Frank Schwindel. I mean, let that soak in for a second. Think about this season and the hopes for it and the era that was. And now we're talking about going to the bullpen to face the dangerous Frank Schwindel. And don't get me wrong, 
that was the right tactical move because Frank Schwindel has been knocking the ball all over the place, and he has been great. Not just a great story. He's been a terrific player for the Cubs, but it is just so symbolic of things you never thought you would hear on the 2021 Cubs. Gabe Kapler wants to bring a righty into face. Frank Schwindel. Not Javier Baez. Not Chris Bra- Frank Schwindel. Dirty Frank. And one of the questions that I have continually had about Frank Schwindel and some of these other guys, Patrick Wisdom, for instance, is this real? Like, what what the hell is going on? Because every day Frank Schwindel hits a home run or a game-winning hit or does something unbelievable. So then you start to wonder after a while, is this, like, sustainable? Is this guy going to be around for a while? And I love that Ron Coomer tackled that issue yesterday right here on 670 The Score during the broadcast yesterday. The thing, too, is, and we're all getting asked this question, I'm sure Schwindel's getting asked this question, the Cubs staff is getting asked, is this sustainable, right? That's been the big thing with all these guys that have been in the minor leagues a long time and, and now have come up and have had incredible success. Schwindel at the top of the list. And is it sustainable? Does it matter? <laughs> at the end of the day, for him, he's doing it. And all the noise that's out there. Alcantara swings and fouls one out of play off to the right 0-1. It has no relevance. And I'm being very serious. You know, and I've been asked this many times. And, you know, you give a response or an answer of, you know, trying to give a, a an intelligent baseball response from someone who's been in the game a long time. But at the end of the day, it flat out doesn't matter. Because this kid is up here and he's doing it and he's performing. And you know what? He's doing it better than anybody else in the league. Now just keep doing what you're doing. Alcantara takes a ball inside one and one. Look in the mirror and know that you're doing it. And then just just keep on going. And, and to me, it, it has it doesn't matter what everybody else is getting. We all get asked that that question day after day, but to me, you just I just love the whole idea of these guys who haven't had much of an opportunity in the big leagues, and they're just taking control of their career. Yeah, no reason to look back, I, I think, is what I get out of that. Who cares what you've done? Who cares how long it's taken you to get to this point? Now you're doing what you're doing. Take that and go forward. Is it sustainable? No way to answer that question, but I think Ron Coomer, as he put it seriously, who cares? Who who cares? And I think it's probably as good of a response as I have heard in, in trying to figure out what in the hell is going on with some of these Cubs who have been really entertaining and really good, but just don't know really what to make of it and what will be around next year on the Cubs. So yesterday, too, was a wake-up call for interim manager Andy Green because he, you know, sometimes you make all the right moves and sometimes you don't. And, um, by the way, Trevor McGill, probably not sustainable for the Cubs. Every time I see him in there, he's giving up home runs. He did it again yesterday with Evan Longoria getting a two-run blast. And then then Andy Green brings in Mike Rucka. Got to talk about the Rucka. So he brings in Mike Rucker and Brandon Belt. With a, a two-run homer. So that was like one of those days where the Andy Green magic might have worn off just a little bit. Welcome back to me. It's not like Andy Green hasn't been a manager before. I don't want like he was with San Diego. 
But, yeah, just a couple of actual baseball moments in that game as well, in which the Cubs lost to Chris Bryant and the San Francisco Giants. Now, as for the Chicago White Sox, just a couple more minutes here. Their magic num- magical number is down to 12. You are 11 games up on the on the Cleveland Indians. A 4-3 win over the Red Sox. That was great. That was great entertainment. That's the way you're going to win in the postseason. That's the template. You had both of your horses out of the bullpen. Craig Kimbrell doing well. Liam Hendricks ultimately getting the ninth inning as well. And again, in a one-run game, that stuff is great. High drama. I actually loved watching the 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 eighth inning, the Sox eighth inning. They load the bases. It's a one-run game. Abreu's already hit a three-run homer, and he Josh Taylor pitching, and he almost hits a grand slam. Bases are loaded, and Sox fans are feeling the intensity of the moment because it didn't feel good with Boston chipping away and getting close and just this this game just feeling important, even if it isn't necessarily for the standings for the White Sox. It had that important feeling. I'm not going to say it felt like a playoff game because I think we use that way too much. Only playoff games feel like playoff games, but there was a feeling of importance to it. And Abreu hits the near granny and then Taylor, Josh Taylor strikes him out eventually. I don't know if it was on the next pitch, but eventually he strikes him out. And then here comes your badass Liam Hendricks in the ninth inning to take it down. That's that's the stuff right there, man. That that's what I am hoping to see from the White Sox. Well I'd rather it be twelve to three and that Abreu actually hits the grand slam in that spot. But that's that's what I like watching when it comes to the to the White Sox right now. It was an extremely successful day for the White Sox. I would say this has been a successful show as well, even though Steve Rosenblum was not here. It would have been better with Rosie, but Solo Grody handled things today, I thought, pretty decently. Coming up next, Cody Decker down the line. He'll be on with you at noon. And then at 12.45, it is Cubs baseball, Cubs and Giants, 12.45 pregame, 1.20 first pitch. I'm Mark Grody. I will talk to you tomorrow at various times leading up to Bears-Rams right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score. Have a great day. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.